Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, I am doing good. How are you? Life is good. I'm contributing to the economy. I bought a new TV to put in the family room, which moves the next TV down to the kids' playroom. So, so I'm trying to trying to keep the world going with all this uh, coronavirus and uh, all that stuff going on. Very, very interesting, the coronavirus, which uh, I'm glad you're contributing to the economy. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about, right? Coronavirus Absolutely. and your wealth. I love it. Because um, you have um, over $100 million, uh, in client money. Why don't you give a kind of an overview of your background? Because this is really what I want to hear, and I think our people watching the show want to hear from you on this. So. Yeah, so, so one of my other businesses is an investment advisory firm um, where I manage uh, uh, well over $100 million for assets, uh, clients, individuals, high net worth individuals, and business owners where I manage their wealth. Um, also, obviously, the business coaching, which is what we're talking about here. Sure, so sure. let's talk about, you know, coronavirus and wealth. Hey, this isn't investment advice. Talk to your CPA. I got to give the disclaimer. Talk to your CPA. Take to your investment advisor, all, all that type of stuff. This is just an opinion. It's thought. It's 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 uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, um, typically, you know, here's what happens is we get a 5% market correction three or four times a year. That just happens. This uh, We get a 10% correction about one time a year. All right. Look at the market. We had a 5% correction, I think, back in uh, October. We had a 10% correction back last 2019. We had a 20% correction. Actually, it was 19.8 in December of 2018. Just to give you an example, put it in perspective, this happens all the time. All right. We're down, I think, 12% from the high as of this morning, let's call it like that. So my first message is, hey, this happens all the time. 5 to 10% corrections happen all the time. It's very normal. They just happen. We don't know until after. We obviously, this is coronavirus and the fear of worldwide growth slowing down, right? Um, great, uh, you know, Warren Buffett, again, you can read articles on him. He was quoted on CNBC, you know, buy when there's blood in the streets, uh, buy when people are selling, right? We talked about before we got on air today, there was a, a Vanguard study done that said during the last recession, the March uh, 09 was the bottom, that 27% of uh, Americans sold at the very bottom and never reinvested. The market's up basically 350% since the March 09 lows. So they missed that entire. They missed 350% gains. Because they panicked. To predict when to get off the bus, right? I mean. There you go. That's exactly right. So what we always say is you got to make two decisions, right? When do I get off the bus and when do I get back on? That means you got to be right twice. You know, most people are better off just kind of putting the money away uh, dollar cost averaging, we put money away every year, every month, whatever your time frame is, and we just kind of let it go until it's time, right? Um, well, let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit of, of okay, so um, I'm going to touch on a little bit what's going on in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the virus itself, because if I, if I would think anybody trying to speculate on the virus um, itself is speculation and a lot of it. I have some great conspiracy theories, but we're not going to go into them on this show. <laughs> All right, maybe, and maybe. As, as you know, I, and many people know, I own, um, I own an LED lighting company, commercial industrial LED lighting. Uh, Lifetime Lights is our brand. And um, so I import a lot of LED lighting from China. Now, the timing of this virus is very, we'll just say funny. So you have people coming, you have the Chinese New Year, 
and what many people do not understand about Chinese New Year is that uh, the entire economy takes two weeks off. And during that period of time, um, everybody goes home. So most people stay in an apartment near their, their factory and then they go home wherever that is. Well, I'm getting emails that said that, that are telling us from the factories that as much as 83% of their workforce has not come back from Chinese New Year. In other words, those people are either in fear of right. coming back, of getting the virus, um, or they, they're, they're just not coming back for whatever reason. Um, and all of those Chinese manufacturers that I've received this email from have stated that um, they don't expect to make a profit this year. So if, if that's the case, on the, let's just say, on the Matt buys a new TV side, Right. If a factory is trying to make a profit, what are they going to have to do to, to sell TVs this year? <laughs> Manufacture them. What do you mean? I mean, they're going to have to make them, but they're, they're going to have to sell at a lower price, even though it's the exact opposite of what you think. Um, th I think the prices in, are going to work in the favor of the United States. Right. Right. Um, which ultimately over the long term is going to help the market. Or, or, I mean, so. Right. That's where I was going with that. Is there? There is. Uh, that's kind of a contraindicator, right? So, so the so the the fear is uh, economic supply shortage. So, if if you're Walmart and you import a lot of your products from China, I don't have anything to sell at Walmart. Because so the prices I, should go up, right? Yeah, prices should go up. But if you're subsidized in a communist environment, right. and you're not selling product uh, because now what is what are U.S. manufacturers doing? They're saying they're calling. Taiwan, they're calling Japan, they're calling other places. These oh, I see what you're saying. They're going, I need television sets. I need right. this. I need that. How fast can you produce, you right. know, 20 million t TVs? And right. all of a sudden, everybody pulls out of an economy. So in order for those companies in China to be propped up, the government will say, just keep selling at the price that you're at or lower, and we'll cover U.S. tariffs so that you can try to be whole in this economy. Oh, now that's interesting. It's a propped up uh, falsehood for China, which hurts them. It improves our dollar. Um, so there's a lot of good that can come out of this for us capitalists over here. So right, right. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot, but it's you know here is during crisis is the time to grab market share. All right. So uh, for example, I called all my clients yesterday. Called all my clients. I sent out an email as well as as. Uh, trying to, you know, hear our thoughts. Here's what we're doing. So client communication is key during crisis period. Most business owners, 90% of business owners, 95, run and hide during crisis. Okay. So I'm not just talking about investment advisors. I'm talking about other business owners as well. Crisis in general. So that's huge. So I literally got an email from the girl's uh, pediatrician this morning, which was great. Talk about client communication. Uh, it's a female doctor, uh, pediatrician child's doctor right their email was hey coronavirus not to worry we think it's been overdone again this is her opinion of it but my point is using that as an example of client communication that doctor is using this as a client communication point hey here i am i am your pediatrician here are my thoughts or comments on it hers was very positive you know that it's you know not as bad as the flu although there are some unknowns and that's why there's so there's uncertainty for sure, but it's okay. You know, your child's going to be healthy, yada, yada. It was, I'm you saying, 
she was very proactive and used this as an excuse in a good way to reach out to her clients. So coronavirus and your wealth, use this as an opportunity to communicate with your clients because you're going to differentiate yourself because 95% of your competition is running and hiding. I don't know what to do. I'm panicked. Right? And it's, it's, it's awesome you say that because I want to, I want to draw to the fact that, um, and I will say this publicly, you're not managing my money. I right. didn't get any calls from my broker in the last couple of days. Or really? My, See? Okay. Well, and, and of course, they have a big name on their firm. I will say that, okay? Um, and that, that's my point is, Matt didn't say he called his best clients. Matt said he called all of his clients. And yeah. Yeah. so what does that do? Number one, it builds rapport and trust. I right. can trust that Matt has my best interest because the market just tanked. And he could have hid. He could have went and hid under a rock and said, oh, no, the sky is falling. But no, he, he said, no, no, this is. And like you just explained, when we came into this call, the market makes these 5%, 5% four times a year and 10% one time a year. This is normal. Okay, if you call me and say that, I'm going to go, oh, I feel right. Better. You've heard it from me 100 times because I say that every time we meet, by the way, every time we meet. But you're exactly right. Well, you're very kind. I appreciate that. I'm surprised you haven't heard from your guy. So, so that's disappointing. But that's 95% of business owners. You use crisis as a time to bond with your clients, right? So, so let's even go back to, let's say you mess up. You know, use crisis as a time to, to bond with your clients. So even if you mess up, I have messed up. We're not perfect. I've messed up. But what I do is I own up to it. And because of that, I, I improve. Hey, you know, Dave, sorry, I messed up on X, Y, Z you know, own up to it. Hey, here's what we're doing to make it better going forward. And so this will never happen to you or any of my other clients, right? I had a problem one time with a client who was buying a house and the, the wire, the money was messed up. And it turns out it was some back office issue, not even on my side, but on their side. But great, because of that, now I have a process, a checklist. When Dave is buying a house, click, click, click. I'm, we're doing all this checklist. So I apologize that it didn't come through on time. I'm not going to say, well, it was their fault. I'm going to I'm sorry it didn't work out the way it should have worked out. Because of that, we have a new process improvement. This never happened to you or any of my clients ever again, right? So use a crisis as, a, as an opportunity to bond more with your clients or, or gain market share. Yeah, and, and if you, if you want to put this in perspective, um, you know, the media is using this crisis as a time to bond with their clients. And who are their clients? Advertisers. So what are they, what are they saying to their advertisers? Um, what is it? What is, Don Henley, he said, uh, give us dirty laundry, right? So right, right. here we are. The media is pumping this virus out there saying, hey, everybody, look at This is really bad. And what happens is it, it draws eyes. Those yep. are their clients. And, of course, that, that makes their advertisers feel warm and fuzzy because they have more eyes. So... Yep. Everybody can use a crisis as a time to bond with clients. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, market crisis, more viewership of CNBC, of Bloomberg TV, CNN. Uh, you know, they love both market crashes and political crisis because they get more eyeballs. So, so you're exactly right. They're in the business of, of, of selling advertisement and getting it. So crisis to them, they blow it up, which is why, again, I thought it was very timely of my pediatrician to send out a note saying, you know, don't panic, put it in perspective. And, and, and again, I'm not an expert. So again, it was something about there's 30 million cases of the flu every year. Uh, 40,000 people die every year from the flu, whatever the percentages that is. I don't know if that's 1%, 1.5%. 1 
coronavirus, there have been 80,000 worldwide cases, uh, 2,800 deaths. So it, it is a higher percentage, but in perspective, you know, two, 2,800 versus 40,000, it's not. Um, typically healthy people, their individuals are, you know, it's the sniffles, it's not even as bad as the flu. Again, I know there are a lot of unknowns and habits, so I'm not, I'm just saying no time to panic yet. And we're getting conflicting messages from the media because the media is trying to uh, dr dramatis dramatize it, dramatize it, make it a big deal because that's what they get paid for. So Matt, should people be calling their broker saying, get all my, turn all of my stocks into cash? Should, should they be doing that now? Right, no, no, actually the complete opposite. So, so, so first of all, if you're living off your portfolio, we should have a cash reserve of six months anyway, right? So literally, for my, here's my message to my clients. And he's like, hey, Dave, you're retired. You're living off this portfolio. Uh, I already have six months worth of cash flow. These uh, are usually short-term in nature, one to three months. So we can let the market kind of ride. I'm looking for buying opportunities. I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably start buying uh, early next week. Um, but we can let it ride because you've got enough cash, Dave, for you to be okay and, and ride out this little wave um so so yeah I, I think you look to buy i don't think you look to sell if you need that six months cash reserve perhaps you raise cash um but but generally it's kind of a set it and forget it you know you put money in there you know time in the market as opposed to timing the market you know timing the market means getting out in and out time in the market means five years from now this will be a blip on the radar 10 you look at the 09 uh, 8 9 and 10 crash Look at a chart. It's a blip on the radar now. It felt really, really bad. 10% correction, percent correction, December of 18. God, that happened. Long. You're um, breaking up a little bit, Matt. Um, all right, say what you just said again, because you were talking about some blips and you kind of- Yeah, they're blips on the radar. So like we had this big correction right before Christmas, December, 2018. The market went down 19.8% basically the month of December. Oh my gosh. You don't even remember that now. Here we are, uh, you know, one year and three months later, people have forgotten about it. So these are, they feel terrible in the middle of it, but, but usually they're blips on the radar. And even the 100-year flood, the, the 8, 9, 10 recession, you know, all of us are doing better. Our, our, our businesses are doing better. The economy has recovered. It took about three years. Typically takes about a year and a half for a market to recover from a recession. I'm not saying this is a recession. But even when you have a recession, it's about a year and a half right? Uh, it took three years for the eight, nine, and 10 because it was a hundred year flood. But so what I talk about is building your wealth. This is a great time to buy. This is a great time to, to bond uh, coronavirus and your wealth. The bond with your clients, it's a great time to differentiate yourself from your competitors because you're proactive, right? Um, I'm it, trying to think. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, and when you, when you say bonding, it, Anything when it comes to sales, I always say if somebody likes you, they'll listen to you. If they listen to you, they'll believe you. If they'll believe you, they'll trust you. And if they trust you, they'll buy, they might buy from you. Trust is the number one biggest element of any type of selling. And, and I say any type of selling, it doesn't, it doesn't mean direct selling. It, doesn't mean, it just means if you're going to sell products or services, take care of clients. Trust is the, the biggest element of that. And bonding is is part of building trust. How much time do you spend on the golf course with your clients? Right. It, it builds a bond that, that absolutely not going to leave you for, for a hundred dollars a year or even a thousand dollars a year. Someone's going to stay with you 
because of the bond. And that's such an important aspect of any type of selling. Right. Absolutely. You're exactly right. So, so use these kind of uh, coronavirus, use these events as a, as a time to get closer. Don't run away. 95% of your competitors are running away. They're running and hiding. They're terrified. Uh, use this as a way to bond with your clients. Use this as a, as a business building exercise, right? Yes. And, and so, you know, we work, we're, we're, uh, we work with entrepreneurs and help them literally create uh, use their business to build wealth. And um, this would not be the time for any business owner. I mean, would you sell your business um, on a whim? In other words, on a, um, <laughs> on a coronavirus uh, announcement or would you, you don't sell your, you, well, let's, let's say it this way. Um, you don't want to sell your business in a fire sale. Right. So you right. should, you should treat your investments the same way you would treat your own businesses just because, you know, everything's falling down. You're not going to sell your business when um, you just had a fire or, um, right, or right. You your the, largest client leave. Right. I mean, right. Right. You're going to actually uh, uh, panic is not a good investment strategy. You know, emotion is not a good investment strategy. I've been hearing a lot of those terms, you know, the panic is not a strategy. Uh, emotional investing is not a strategy, right? Panic selling your business is not a strategy, right? No. And un unfortunately, and that's a, that's a good segue into, look, in many cases, um, what happens is if you don't plan your exit in your own business, and it yeah. should be the same with your, you should have an investment advisor, advisor like Matt, so you can plan how the future yeah. is going to look. Well, it should be the same with your business. It's, yeah planning your exit long before you need to exit or else what happens is you could get sick, you could die. And then your wife or your spouse has to now um, panic sell what you spent your life building. And so planning, I think is probably when, when you have a plan, these blips, regardless of the size of these blips, when you have a plan, you don't panic because of the blip. Right. Exactly. Right. Put a plan in place. That's exactly, that's how we do it on the investment side. That's how we do it on the business side. Uh, you just reminded me of, you know, so, so I work with a lot of dentists. We talk about that and other business owners, but you know, every year I tell them to update kind of their, their business financials. So if they did pass away, right, what is the exit strategy? We, we have uh, a buy sell agreement in place. We have a good financials so their spouse could sell the business quickly at the most price, right? If you're disorganized and something happens to you, the value of your business goes to zero. We can talk about a dentist. You've got a dentist who dies, had, has no plan in place. Well, who's seeing his patients? So the patients start to you know, leave, go somewhere else. Meanwhile, the wife doesn't know anything about the business, the dental practice. And three months later, the price of the practice is, is half of what it was worth, right? Yeah. The counter to that is we've had the opposite where a dental practice, he's got a stuff in order unfortunately passes away. We got the ready to sell financials already done. So, so we can market the uh, business immediately and get full price for it and turn it around. We, we, we already had buyers in, in kind of quasi lined up. So planning for your exit is important, even on an annual basis, because you never know what's going to happen to you, uh, uh, whether we have the coronavirus or whether you, uh, you know, some other tragedy or something. But planning ahead. And that's exactly, I love your parallel. That's how we do it in the investment world. Uh, panic is not a strategy, right? We have an investment plan in place. 
that uh, is is contingent on the ups and downs of the market. Sure. Right? Your sure. cash flow needs. So. And it's good. Planning is really good for your employees too, because um, let's put it this way. When you have systems and processes in place and your employees feel very confident that they can continue operating, whether you are at work or not, all of a sudden everything changes. If let's say you have a heart attack. Well, if the employees already are running the show, they're not in full panic because you have a heart attack. Right. They might like you as a person and, and, and don't want you to die or anything like that. But if they know they can keep the company going without any changes, nothing has to change, the confidence level of the employees will be so much higher because you planned ahead. And what will end up happening is that you won't have everybody abandoning ship. Um, it's Your business is in great shape. That, that's, that's building a business built to sell, right? Correct. Build it till you can sell it. So if something happens to you, the business continues to run. Build it to sell it. So if you want to sell it, somebody else can take it over. Uh, going back to uh, Warren Buffett, you know, one of the best investors ever, you know, put a plan in place, stick to that plan through time. It's the sticking to it that's the hardest part. He says that all the time. Put a plan, stick to it. It's the sticking to it that's the hard stuff. You right? know what, what amazes me since we're talking about Warren Buffett is – First of all, he lives in the same house that he, that he lived in many, many years ago. I think it was 35 or 40 years living in the same house. But Warren Buffett does not create companies. He simply buys, going all the way back to when he started, he would invest in good companies. Right. And, but before he would invest in the companies, he would get to know the people and the companies that he was investing in. He'd get to know everything about the company. He would actually build a bond with the people who ran those companies. He still does the same today. When he bought, when he bought Citibank, he did it at that last crash. Why? Because he, he said, he, first of all, he had confidence. Why? Because he had a bond with the people. It's, it's important to understand what, how important the trust bond is. Um, and and I, I was moving with a parallel of you having this bond with your clients because you have a plan in place and they trust your plan is their plan, have their best interests in mind. When these things happen, your clients are not abandoning ship. They're hanging with you because they know, oh, Matt's plan is solid because right. we've been through this before. And I trust that Matt has my best interest in mind. It's a good, it's a good feeling when your investment advisor um, isn't hiding under a rock when bad things happen. <laughs> exactly right. So, so, so I guess to kind of bring this thing full circle, you know, coronavirus and your wealth, uh, view this as a buying opportunity, you know, market-wise, you know, go talk to your investment advisor, your CPA, your tax guy. Um, but it's always a good time to buy when things have pullbacks, right? Use this as a time to bond with your clients, right? Most of your competitors are running away and hiding, right? So use this as a way to bond with your clients. Um, I told you in general, crisis, any type of crisis or anytime you mess up, instead of running and hiding like your competition would do, use that as a bonding experience. I told you I had an example with a wire that messed up and um, how we fix that and fix it for everybody going forward and you, you kind of own up to it. So use any type of crisis as a way to bond closer with the clients. And really, that's how you differentiate yourself and bond markets. So what's going to happen next week when, when, when 
your buddy didn't get a call from his investment advisor and, and, and I did, right? Well, gosh, Dave, your guy didn't call you? What do you mean? He didn't even call you? What, what, what is that about? My guy called me. I, you know, left me a message, send me an email, send me a video. Like I got, I got this whole communication process, right? That's how I'm differentiating myself going forward. Same thing with my pediatrician. I've already told you about my pediatrician. How awesome was that that she sent this email out? I mean, how cool is that? That's, I, my, my doctor didn't send anything to me, right? My buddies who are doctors, I haven't got a voicemail or email from those guys either. Right? You know, there's a reality in two things you said. You have a process, and I'm, I'm guessing the pediatrician also had a process. Hey, when this happens, right. this is what we do. Those are processes that may sound funny on, uh, you know, but if you have a process for everything in your business, your business has value because you have a process. Okay. What a, a process is a plan in, in all the way down to the small details. And, and if you'll, you may not be a detail oriented person, all the more reason to have a solid process spelled out on paper so that when something happens, oh, this is what we do now. Your people yep. can, oh, what do we do now? You know, the, the roof is leaking. What do we do? Well, I mean, if you're, I, I don't I, no, That's a great example. It's like, we talked about that, you know, process would be, uh, I've got one of my clients and, and he's kind of a handyman. And I was like, well, that's silly. That's not the best use of your time. Let's put a process together. When something's wrong, they can write it down on a piece of paper and put it in this, you know, envelope in the break room. And then at the end of the week, we can get the handyman to go in there and, pick through and those are the projects he's going to work on next week. Right. What well, now we've got a process for, you know, taking care of the, 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 the small handyman type job that, that he doesn't need to be, they used to walk into his office. Hey, the, the faucet in the bathroom been working. Hey, the chair over here, whatever. It's like, well, that's not his job. That's he's the boss, man. Yeah. <laughs> have a process for somebody to fix that stuff for you. Perfect. Man, we covered a lot of ground. Um, that was kind of fun. Coronavirus and your wealth. Use this, build wealth, buy, bond with your clients, put together checklists and plans in place. Where can we find David Mulvaney? You can find me at davidmulvaney.com. Connect with me, David Mulvaney, on LinkedIn. Um, you can hear our shows at profitabilitymd.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Matt, where can we find you? Yep. So uh, 10X Profit Blueprint. 10X Profit Blueprint is my coaching site. Uh, and then on LinkedIn. And then, uh, oh, I got my little wealth management firm is mosaicwealthmanagement.com. Mosaicwealthmanagement.com. If you ever wanted to uh, talk about that, that's not what this show is about. But if you ever needed any help or assistance, I'm, I'm out there for that too. No, but I think the timing was perfect. And uh, I think we, I certainly appreciate your ex expertise today when everybody's panicking and from yesterday and I, you know after everybody panics there's a couple people like you with a level head i think the market will probably do better today but what do i know i don't know anything so everybody's <laughs> come hopeful. on come everybody's on helpful today right so that's right all, all right, right man it's always a pleasure have a good one take all care right, see you